Hey, everybody, GCR here. Take off your pants and pour yourself a drink. Get ready to enjoy some GeekCast Live. It's a trap! Five of the Geekcast Live podcast. I am your host GCR, and with me, as always, Rob Base, a piece of toast, and (laughs) Cartoon Joe. Uh, As if you can't tell, um, Nick can't make it today because um, Monday was a holiday, Mm -hmm. and well, today was trash trash day. But the trash wasn't picked up, and so he just—he's kind of uh, the world's ten degrees off today. He's yep. kinda out of it and uh can't make it. So he's not here because the trash wasn't picked up. Yeah, and I try not to kick you in peace. We don't know uh the validity of that, but you know, uh we're not gonna ask too many questions about it. So you're just stuck with us. And I hope that it's okay with you. I am excited that uh uh Aunt Lindsay is uh Making him watch Umbrella Academy too. Mm-hmm. That's good. I agree. He's yeah, being like forced. He's being forced to watch Umbrella Academy too. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. He flew over the cuckoo's nest style. I think. I think he's gonna like it a whole lot better than. Uh... Oh no, Clockwork Orange. I don't know yeah, why. Clockwork I Orange. That's what you yeah. were going for. Yeah. Well, uh, both uh, good movies, but one's great. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Sure. Did it? I think so. Which one do you think I'm saying is great? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Clockwork or... Orange. Uh, I, you... I think it's Cuckoo's Nest. Cuckoo's Nest. Cuckoo's Nest okay. is great. Knowing, I, knowing Ryan, it's Cuckoo's Nest. I've seen neither. I... <laughs> or the remakes. It's... I've seen neither. <laughs> Have you seen any movies? No. Any uh, not, you, I've never seen a movie seen... in my life. <laughs> You've seen any. Clockwork <laughs> Orange is just fucked. It's a lot of just fucked. The trick is from a young, from a very young age, what I've done is I've drank three, four locos and then just immediately fallen asleep with the opening credits. Mm -hmm. (laughs) From a young age, like an, like an eight year old Joe, whose mom brings him to the movies. He's like, yeah. So I made it through Andrew Garfield's second Spider-Man movie. Oh no. And you were there with for me for that. I was like hammered and drunk by the like the like by the time the opening sequence started. I don't remember ever having seen Andrew Garfield's second Spider-Man movie. Oh, it's probably because we were drunk. I remember seeing Into the Spider-Verse with you. No, no it wasn't Into the Spider-Verse. No, it was, uh, no, it was the first Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. No, I'm definitely I'm definitely thinking of like Andrew Garfield versus the Lizard. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. No, that was the first one. The second Andrew Garfield movie was Electro. It was the Bad oh, it was Electro. Fox. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Paul yeah, we Giamatti didn't. So it was, it was the first. Giamatti. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes, but in a rhino suit. I forgot. I've only been. I've only been drunk for. I've only intentionally been drunk for two movies. 
Mm-hmm. I accidentally got drunk at one movie. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, so when Step Brothers came out, I've told that story on the show before. <laughs> yes. Where every literally everyone was drinking in the theater. Um, and then the other one was. Uh, do you remember a movie called Kung Pao? Enter the Fist. Oh yes. yes. Oh, I loved that movie. I was shit housed. I got fucked for that movie, and actually not for it. I was just drinky, and then we decided to go to a movie, mm-hmm. and we smuggled in like fifths of Dark Eyes. That's fantastic. And just it was me and uh, Jason Hessler, whom you know, uh, and his uh, girlfriend at the time, now his wife. We're the only three in the theater on campus on like a Friday night. We're oh the only God. three that saw that movie, and we were just we were just housed. Tremendous. That's the way to see that movie, I think. No, absolutely. I couldn't wa- – I don't think I've seen it since. I believe that if it was like – it was on my TV right now, I'd be like, yes, this movie. And then I'd be like, not the same. <laughs> no, no. I've only ever seen it sober because it came out when I was in child. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So it was 2002. Chosen so I was uh, – I'm coming. Chosen one. I'm coming. <laughs> it's that's like the weird it's like a oh no a tiny net <laughs> ah! <laughs> that's the movie <laughs> yeah and then the, the and then the third one my accidental drunk i think i've also told that story it was for um oh what's that christopher nolan movie where they travel through space mm. uh it's the dark knight to that's, that's no neither one of those it's the <laughs> one with mcconaughey and- Interstellar? Oh, Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah. I, I didn't know that was a Christopher Nolan. I was drunk by the end of Interstellar. Nice. Yeah, with two old people. Yikes. That is... Hmm. I actually think the you only movie I've ever been in. Scenario? I've like... told you... I know I've told you that story. That's the one where I went... I was up in Madison, Wisconsin, and I was staying with Jordan for a night, and then we were going up to the Green Bay Packers uh, Bears game on a Sunday night. But it was a Friday... And so I was staying one night with her there, and then we were going to Green Bay. And yeah. she had school on Friday, so I was like, I'm just going to see a movie. And she said, well, there's not, I don't think there's a movie theater close. And I drove like two blocks west of her house, and there was a Sundance movie theater. It was like Dr. Bartold's poutine couch. Yeah, and it was <laughs> – and so I – it was the first theater I ever went to where I bought my ticket that said, and where would you like to sit? And I was like, what the fuck? I don't know. Just, uh, I get to choose? And they were like, yeah. And they spun the screen around. I get to touch the seat I wanted. So nice. I picked center back row. And then I went to the concession stand to get like popcorn and they didn't have popcorn. They had like, I ended up with, I ended up getting saltwater taffy, mm-hmm. which was the only candy available. Naturally. I got the most Wisconsin thing ever, but go on. I got a ribeye steak sandwich mm-hmm. and I got like a, a sixer of Paps blue ribbon and two glasses of red wine. Nice. So you have told this story before, but I would like to reiterate that that is the only way to see a movie in theater. I completely yeah. agree. It's so yeah. good. There's there is no other way that I ever want to see a movie without like that. Well, the best experience. part is, is that they they had a guy like carry my tray of food and drink in with me, and I sat down, and there was like a tray table, and he set it down and said, "Enjoy the movie," and I said, uh, "Thank you, I believe I will." And I didn't. I actually didn't get red wine. I just had my sixer of pbr and then uh two old people came in we're the only three in the theater mm-hmm. it was like a, it was like 10 30 in the morning <laughs> and 
this old cup. So, so the funny thing to me has always been that I picked my seat and when I picked it, it turned red. So it's not available. Right. right. They picked back row right next to me and the seat next to that one. Huh? Naturally. Not sure. even like a, not even like a buffer seat. So when they came in and sat down, I kind of looked at them like nowhere else you could sit. I'm so glad I didn't because about halfway through the movie, the old guy got up and I was like, I don't know, going to the bathroom. So we came back with three glasses of red wine. And I was like, he gave me one. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) This is great. And then at the end of the movie, we're all crying. And then we walked out talking about the movie. And then the old lady said, like, thank you for watching the movie with us. And I said, it was truly my pleasure. Oddly refreshing. (laughs) It was fucking, yeah. And it's it's noon. I've had poutine, a ribeye steak sandwich, saltwater taffy, six PBRs, and a glass of red wine. (laughs) Geriatric menage a trois. That's a show title. A you just, you just, you just fucking threw a, a geriatric menage a trois. That's a hell of a show title. It might be my best this season. <laughs> now nah, you've had some good ones. We have almost enough now this season to have a bracket of unused show titles. It's incredible. That would be an interesting one. Which I'm thinking. We ride it all year. I've been keeping track in my notes. One of our last shows of the season, maybe the last show of the season, we put the bracket together for the unused show titles. And then we let that play out while we're taking our break over the holidays. Ooh, nice. That that could be cool. It'd be kind of fun. That could be cool. I mean, it's something. Come back and use the winner as the uh, first show of the year. The first show of the year. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Holy fuck, do we have a lot of unused show titles? It's gonna be delightful, interesting. To we'll probably have to just draft. We'll have to actually draft them for our for our list this time. I think if we've got if we're using all of our unused show titles at this point, I think I think drafting would be cool. Put a big list together, and then you have to pick from the list. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't come with your sixteen. You would just have, and as they go, you just have to keep crossing them off. That's a really fun concept. It yeah. is a great concept. You know, Pop Rico Ryan can't be commissioner, though. Or at least no, shouldn't I, be. I cannot be he commissioner. He can't handle the pressure. Well, listen. The league, is, <laughs> the league has been ran so poorly for over a decade <laughs> that it was time for me to sit down. <laughs> un, unbelievable. I am so glad I'm not commissioner this year. It's been great. It's really been fun. You can put you that can on enjoy a yourself. resume at some point. <laughs> Not no. commissioner. Right? Not commissioner. Commissioner. Paprika does drafts all the time, and I think they're really cool how they do it. They'll pick a topic. like I mean, if we, if we did it on this show, it would be just a, it'd be, it's a seed. It's a straight steal. Just taking it from you. Not even, not even making it seem like it's an original idea. They uh, get together kind of in secret, just, you know, four of them, and they would draft, like, the best um, romantic comedies, let's say. And they would each pick ten. And then they're published anonymously, and Paprika votes on who has the best ten romantic comedies. And so you don't know which list is Seeds. You know, oh, nice. so you, would, you wouldn't know what list was Joe's. Right. You, and then people would have to say, like, well, I think list number two is the best. 
And then at the end, then you'd be like, oh, well, that was Rob. So Rob wins the GCL draft of the best, um, I don't know, at fucking Crayola colors. Who gives a fuck? Whatever it is. <laughs> so best Tom Cruise movies. Mm, trick question. <laughs> it's trick question. Mm-hmm. It's War of the Worlds next. <laughs> Teeth two awakening. Teeth. That's see. That's hey. <laughs> you want a you want a really good bracket? Fake Tom Cruise movies. Oh my god. Teeth two the awakening would be fantastic. <laughs> Quick, Rob, give me another fake Tom Cruise. A glorious victory. Perfect. <laughs> I just happened to be reading an Age of Sigmar battle tome right now, and it was right there. <laughs> Glorious. Well, in that movie, in that movie, Tom Cruise plays Sigmar. Well, of, of course he does. Of course. Why wouldn't he? Oh man, that tall enough. No, but you could put those tall giant gold ass platform shoes on him, and it'd be perfect. That's true. That's true. He's not tall enough. He does uh, have the teeth of a god, and that if you stare at them too long, you'll develop madness. Mm-hmm. Your face will actually melt. Ryan, what was your answer, by the way? To what? Don't look uh, at Katy Perry. Your, your fake Tom Cruise movie. Uh, Fletchette. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's a... Uh, Tom Cruise's uh, answer to Mandy. <laughs> Having yeah. never seen it, though. It's like, I was uh, going to say Machete, but that works. It's almost like Chocolat. <laughs> I saw it kind of as, as like Sicario 3, but... Ah, that makes more sense. He plays uh, a guy named Fleshette. <laughs> It's got to be something where there's like, I can't think of the word, unnecessary running. Mm, yes, it's unnecessary actually, isn't the word I wanted. It's is a the, uh, he plays a paraplegic man, kind of like uh, Born on the Fourth of July. Sure. Um, and at the end of the movie, with no, with absolutely no foreshadowing or explanation, he bursts from the chair and runs for about three minutes and then credits tremendous gratuitous running was the word Gra- i wanted to use gratuitous running that's it exactly oh man i'm watching war of the worlds right now by the way oh nice best, i hear yeah. that's the best tom cruise movie it's uh i think what is what is the name of that movie it's not day after tomorrow because that's the uh Apocalypse the, movie. The, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. That's my yeah. favorite Tom Cruise movie. That's a good you know, Tom Cruise movie. I haven't seen that one. That's shocking to me. You haven't. That's a really good. There's a. There's a real good. That's a good sci-fi movie that I think you would really enjoy. Interesting. I'll have to check it out. Speaking of sci-fi movies, and it's not a movie. I can't. I don't know how to to twist your guy's arm into Raised by Wolves. I have been meaning to get on it. Ashley is on some sort of 
Buffy the Vampire Slayer kick right now. And I, I am just casually piecing through that since I haven't watched that in God knows how long. So it is. I've never there. seen it all the way through. There's a lot of good content. There. I heard it's yeah, I've, I've, it's it's on the syllabus from what I've been told. It's uh. So Ashley strongly disagrees with me on this, but I'm a firm believer that this is the closest thing that America had ever produced that was the near equivalent of, or like answer to Doctor Who. It's the American yeah. Doctor Who. I can see that. The only thing they didn't do, as far as I know, is have another person take over the role. Sure. Yeah, well, they just ended the show. Yes and no. Yeah. I mean, also, you mean in terms I, of like a, a monster of the week? Co- correct. Yes. And they could have, they, they could have, like, if they chose to, like, started th- throwing the Slayer role off because they, I think in the second season, they even bring that up. Um, they bring in a second Slayer. But yeah. But, but I, yeah. I, something that, and we talked about it briefly today in the shop, Rob, at work, a show that was very similar maybe not similar, but the concept of like, there's a monster of the week Mm -hmm. and then there, but there's also like a continuing storyline. X-Files was like that a lot. Yeah, You'd have an episode, you'd have like three episodes in a row where it was just, it was literally just monster of the week. And then all of a sudden you'd have an episode that was like, it wasn't monster of the week. It was the smoking man and uh, Mulder trying to find his sister. And it like played into the greater mythology of the show. And then they'd forget about it for like, fucking 12 episodes that's a show that i i do need to go through and give an earnest effort to i think i you know, feel like it, I enjoy when it first came back on netflix i watched i think it's maybe episode god it might be the first episode um fuck, creepy as hell i mean it was it's genuine it's it's scary and i it's a lot scarier than i remember it being as a yeah, kid but- which which I mean, when I would hear the on Sunday nights when I got to stay up till I got to stay up and watch X Files, which was weird. But I think it was because Dad and I always listened to Art Bell, so I think he was like, maybe it was our thing. You know, we're gonna watch X Files and listen to Art Bell. But uh, when I hear that opening credit, that theme song, that's creepy, man. Yes, just fucking creepy. It was it was definitely a very well put together show. Uh, did you one, did you watch any uh, any of it? All, I, I, I have watched like a handful of episodes. Um, I've gone through and like attempted to watch it. I've watched the first season probably a couple of times, and then like a myriad of episodes that I've seen on television, like whenever they were doing reruns throughout throughout the years. So like I know like the premise, and I've seen like a handful of the episodes, but. I would like to go through and give it like a, like a, a solid binge through at some point in time. I think it's worth it. And then there's also two movies to back it up at the end. So nice. Yeah. But yo, Hey, raised by wolves. I, I, I was telling Rob, Joe, I'll tell you, I'm not going to spoil anything because I think you'll love it. Um, it's a space movie. It's like, it's, it's a high... movie. No. Well, no, I, it might have been because I was uh, uh, I was a little out of it, but the oh, first okay. episode seems like maybe it was like ninety minutes long. The gotcha. next two episodes were maybe forty five minutes. Gotcha. So it's it's a show. Um, 
the first episode and most of the second episode, it's like three characters and it's definitely sci-fi like androids, planets, spaceships, um, shit like that. Right. Yeah. And then suddenly medieval knights. <laughs> okay. And not in right. some weird, like flashback or, uh, anything like that. These are medieval knights in space. Suddenly. It's a beautiful and then, and then all of a sudden, uh, like a really bright mythology starts unraveling. And it's fucking crazy. It's fucking cool. That's so so, so watch it. It is yeah. not in. Uh, I've been using someone's Hulu. And that person has a uh, HBO Max an add-on. And Raised by Wolves isn't in there for some reason. No, I believe it's only on... Uh, this mm. is weird. A guy at work today said they went through the their HBO Max and also couldn't find it. It's on yeah. my HBO. Right. <laughs> it's on my HBO Max. That's weird. Well, and like the really weird thing for me is that like a lot of other HBO Max content is, is there in the Hulu app. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, It Chapter 2, um... Lovecraft Country, but not raised by wolves. But not raised by wolves. Hmm. John Adams is in there. Class. Now, now you've now you've got me thinking. Maybe I have a uh, some. Maybe I've been, well, maybe I've been calling it raised by wolves, and it's actually called like no, it's raised by wolves. no raised by wolves. I'm like, pretty sure it's this. Sprayed by spools. Right. No, what? Uh, yeah, that's actually what it is. Not raided. Stupid thumbs. Sprayed by sprules. Yeah, watching the trailer for that, at first I thought like it was going to be a, like a the story of Rome, right? And uh, then it was revealed not. that that there was androids, and I was like, "Which is, this is also I'm interested." Pretty close to how Rome was founded as well, but android. Yeah, that makes sense. I thought there were cyborgs, and there yeah, is a subtle exactly. difference. Yeah. Similarities, but noticeable and distinct differences. Yes. So, uh, um, I motion uh, to put the plugs in because I have questions about Dune. And the plugs will answer them. Plug! <laughs> Joe, can I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Have you ever been in the market for like a a really well thought out but haphazardly designed T-shirt? I am constantly in the market for a well thought out haphazardly designed T-shirt. You know where you can get them? No. GCL.threadless.com. You're telling me I can get a well thought out but poorly designed T-shirt at GCL.threadless.com? That's what I'm... Dude, that's exactly what I'm telling you. GCL.threadless.com. If you go to that website, that's what you'll find. Huh. Hey, Rob, you want to talk about our good buddies over at waywardraven.com? ASAP and Alex? I'd love to. Those are the same person. ASAP and Mark. 
<laughs> also great people split personalities multiple personalities either way it's our go-to spot for cool gear novelties uh signet horsemen exactly mm-hmm. all manner of horsemen at least four of them uh original projects very cool stuff um longtime friends and supporters of this show we love their work and you can find them and their quality products at waywardraven.com and you can use our special discount code rob what is it it's neckbeard it is neckbeard go there and you can receive a certain amount of money off your purchase check them out today right now like now fucking go we'll wait we won't yeah, no, Wayward Wayward Raven with a V dot com. Neckbeard. Discount code. Discount code. Neckbeard. Holla. Okay. <laughs> okay, so here's um as you guys know, the Dune trailer dropped today. It did. And it looks phenomenal. Looks really good. It does look really good. I'm I'm really into it. I have some confessions to make. I've never read Dune, even though it's on the syllabus, right? Even though I've always seen it as like a, like, the cornerstone. And I like, and I hate like, like geek nerddom gatekeepers. Yeah. So that's not what I'm trying to say here. But it's like, how can I? I'm the host of the Geekcast Live podcast. I've never read Dune. Now I've seen Dune, and I've been to the Indiana Dunes, mm-hmm. but I just um, I don't know what it's about. And so, what I would like your guys' opinions on are two things: okay. one, should I, or should I go into this with no context, mm-hmm. or should I? Sit down. I found uh, uh, on Audible, uh, Dune is on Audible, and it's read by Scott Brick, who is on my Mount Rushmore of book narrators. Oh, dang. So I'd be really excited for it. Should I listen to and or read Dune so I'm informed going to the movie so I can have an opinion on its adaptation? Or should I go in cold so on the show I can be the voice of Having never seen the book or not read the book, this is what I thought. I, I'm always going to be for you should read Dune. Okay. That being said, I understand that it is a particularly dense read. So, in Nick's case, I know he he just loathes the idea of Dune for whatever fucking reason. No, he's. Uh, He's anti-environmentalism. He's yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I think that the movie is going to help entice a lot of people to actually want to put in the time to read Dune because it is like there are a bunch of weird terms that get thrown around that take a while to like sink in, and it's all like acid-riddled sci-fi, like ecological theses uh and um like an impending jihad that keeps getting referenced over and over again um 
and and that's Dune. And then okay. <laughs> uh, and that's Dune. And then from there, um a a really beautiful universe begins to start unfolding. But the gist of Dune is exactly what I've given to you right now. Um what's always been jarring to me about Dune is and I've been told before that when you get through, if you can get through like the first, like the chapter and a half, two chapters of the book, it it becomes easy. Yes. Yeah. As dense as the material is, if you can get through that, if you can push through that, you're fine. I, I've always equated it to like the Silmarillion or the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe when I got the book and I sat down to read it, I was not expecting to have to do that. And I think that was my turnoff. Mm-hmm. I have no mm. doubt I'd like Dune, but one of the things that's always bothered me is that you've got these like like Paul and Trades, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've got like a Harkonnen is a name that I know from the show. Yep. Right. And Aaron then you Harkonnen. have Duncan Idaho. Yep. <laughs> yep. And so I don't. What I'd like to know, in like layman, like speak to me as a child, what is Dune? What like. How can there be a guy named Duncan so, Idaho? To answer that question, it's basically the galaxy or like the like like Earth's story ten thousand years into the future, um, or or, or ten thousand years, uh, like hundreds of thousands of years even, because I think it's like ten thousand years since the the Butlerian Jihad. So long distant far future of earth humanity is spread out across the stars um space travel took a really long time to get from point to point until we ended up discovering this substance called the spice melange the spice basically gave people superhuman computing abilities along with um the abilities to start bending space and so people began to start using this and uh, ended up developing a, um, a navigator's guild. Um, they were the sole, you um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like logistics division of the galaxy. If you needed anything shipped or information to go from planet to planet, you would go through this specific organization. Um, and so Anyway, they're one of these arms of this uh, this empire. There's a, a major industrial and um, like mer- uh, merchandising complex called Chome, uh, and then there's the the Sardaukar Empire, which acts as like the the policing, military, political body of all of it. All so right. it's a far future, far distant future of Earth to the point where some things are so like humans are so alien at this point in time that many times people don't actually look human. Um, that being said, Dune itself is another name for the planet Arrakis. Arrakis or Dune is the place from whence the spice melange comes. Okay. People harvest it. The trade guild uses it to move things from point to point. Uh, the empire uses it and feeds it up to different lords or uh, like advisors, politicians. Uh, they're called mentats. They load these people up with spice and have them operate as human supercomputers, essentially. 
And the reason why they are doing all of these things, utilizing humans or pushing uh, the human body to strange and far limits is because in their distant past, there was a machine uprising um, called the Butlerian Like Skynet? Like, like Skynet. Like Sky yeah, like, it, like a inner system Skynet went live and <clears throat> tried to uh, wipe out humanity. And, and this is the... This is on this is the people that are that live on the planet Arrakis. So yes and no. Um so this affected everything that was going on there. The people that live on Arrakis itself are called the Fremen. Uh those are the natives there. That's who's gonna be like uh Zendaya or um um what the Har Javier Bardem. His uh, character. Yeah, he's going to be playing Stilgar. Um, they are the, the natives to Arrakis. They're the Fremen. And uh, being natives to this, they are constantly exposed to this spice that's in the sand. It's in the air. Um, it's in, it permeates in a lot of the uh, just ecosystem in, uh, on Dune. And so they're constantly kind of like loaded up in sp on spice, which is why one of the side effects of spice is having um, like eerie glowing blue within blue eyes. Right. Or not even glowing, but just blue within blue eyes. Um, and so uh, the Fremen all have that. The um, where, where Paul's family comes in is that they are from uh they're they're initially like lords of another planet um the the house of trades lords over another planet and this um and they are by the emperor's decree made the new lords of doom okay right. and in the empire this is considered to be a great honor because you are lording over the place that essentially allows to, the galaxy to operate. To, to exist, right. Right, exactly. Allows ships to be able to travel to and fro. Allow well, this. Make sure, make sure you don't give me any major plot points. I'm, I don't I'm trying want to spoil. Yeah. No, he's so, actually doing a really good job so far. Um, okay. <laughs> so, so that's basically where the story for Dune itself begins, is this family coming to Arrakis and setting forth this uh, this impending jihad in motion um and uh and yeah so that's like the 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 gist of dune's history bringing us up to the point of dune so far future earth people that's why they have weird fucking names some of them seem like something that you would find here on is, earth i was thinking, is of that why some of the names are duncan idaho because these people are are long they're, me, they're they're me you and joe but a hundred thousand years from now yes and then there right. are some people in some planets and some cultures that it's going to be almost wholly alien um there are um weird like uh geneticists that do some like like weird cloning experiments with with people um or like genetic modifications. There's a planet of people that um, really push that rule of uh, we're not allowed to have any, they call them thinking machines, but computers. Um, they, they push that rule pretty hard um, in terms of things that they are allowed to do um, with both technology and like the human body. Um, and, and a lot of 
really interesting, weird sci-fi bits. But yeah, for the most part, human people, just far different, distant future. Now I know there's more than, I mean, there's more than one book. Mm -hmm. Are these, is Dune the fellowship of the ring of Dune or is it like book two? So, so Dune is like the fellowship of the ring. Yeah, I suppose. Um, so, so the first three books are the most closely related in terms of chronological order. Um, the stories follow Paul and his children basically from uh, from Dune through Dune um, Dune Messiah and uh, Children of Dune. I think those are the first three. Um. And then after that, it begins to start following his son, uh, later the second, and that's where shit starts to go from like pretty, pretty, like pretty weird sci-fi to really fucking weird, <laughs> <sci-fi>. <laughs> uh, which is excellent. I love God Emperor. So, so if if this if this movie succeeds, which I I honestly everything I'm seeing about it, the only thing that's going to make this movie not is is the the world we live in is yes. it going to be if it's released like te- like i would love to see tenet nolan's mm-hmm. new movie i'm not going to a movie theater right right, so right. i'm not i'm not going to see it uh, for better or for worse um so the 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 environment we're in is going to determine its box office i think it's probably going to be called a success regardless yes. right um if it's a success though do you, if they were to make a second movie what would it what movie what book would they adapt so my hopes is that this movie is actually going to cover book 1 and book 2 um, okay and so if that's the case um we would um we would effectively pick up in the second book or the the, the third book for the the second movie okay uh, and i think that's pretty a, a pretty reasonable request because most of Dune, the the, the initial book, um, it covers a a very like relatively short period of time, all things considered, and uh, it's mostly like through world building and um like exploration of the ecology of the world and like the dynamics of the ecosystems of Arrakis um, that really fills out the, the first book of Dune. Uh, Dune Messiah starts getting into a lot of the, um, a lot of the politics involved in Dune, which I think is where the story really begins to shine, but that's only because I don't have a great, as good of an appreciation as I should for, Herbert's um, use of like actual ecological studies and knowledge. Um, so this Dune Messiah is where it starts to get really, really political and such. Um, but I could, I could very easily see them hammering out at least like two or three of the books within two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would be relatively easy to do with the with the the cast as well. They, at the very least, they could churn out. Uh, even if they did do like 
a book a movie um with the cast that they have they're all fairly young and as long as the plague doesn't destroy the world healthy um so they could churn out these movies really quick i really want them to get to the fourth movie essentially god emperor dune um that seems like it's your favorite it is my favorite it's it's uh it goes on like a 10,000 year like backlog of information involving like like hollow videos essentially of um of Paul Atreides son and like goes through his history and it's it's fascinating fascinating and weird and there's a lot of like strange complexities and uh Paul's kid is real fucking weird and I cannot stress <laughs> like, there are no words that I could begin to put things into perspective how fucking weird Paul's kid is but it makes for a fascinating story um so yeah long story short they they, they could very easily churn out two or three movies for dune this like for the series easily and that's not even getting into like some of the weird far future stuff um like god emperor dune heretics of dune and chapter house dune or any of the prequel stuff or super shit that Brian Herbert, his son did because his, his son kind of picked it up like Christopher Tolkien did for JRR and said, I'm going to fuck this up. Yes. There are definitely some people that, that think that (laughs) I think that Brian was, I think that Frank Herbert's son was a better novelist, but didn't have as good of a grasp on what made, Dune, Dune, yes. Yeah. Huh. Not a bad writer. So, final thought. Mm -hmm. Read the book, see the movie, or Uh, don't go in cold, have it make you read the book. To be the the devil on the other shoulder, go in cold, then read the book. I, I almost do want to say that, because I think that it's fantastic, and I think that getting at least being able to put some of the stuff that they start talking about, like having a visual reference for it would certainly help. I also think after two and a half hours of hearing Paul, Paul, Paul in a thousand year from now story, uh, it might not be so weird to read it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Although I will say it was very jarring to hear his name in the trailer. I was like, Oh, right. Jesus. That's his name. Oh, right. They say it a lot. Does he say it? Is it said a lot? I don't know. Oh, okay. I mean, in the book it is because it's, because it's, his name. you know, What's Paul his name? did this and right. that guy's, you know, it does get easier after he gets his, his title Muadib. Yeah. The, uh, uh, when you said Paul did this, the way you just said that there, it reminded me of Benny Shap's book that the behind the bastard <laughs> guys are reading now yes. and the way that he, uh, I don't know who there's a male co-host on that show on those episodes. And I, I don't know who it is. Cody Johnson. I rec- I, Cody Johnson. I, I recognize his voice. Um, when he uh, <laughs> when he he gets so upset when he's he says like like show me like what happens you know like you're writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so it's so bad oh god it's, damn, so, it's bad. so bad <laughs> oh god it is so bad and not just content 
She heard him sigh audibly. Sigh audibly, right? That's the one. He's, it should have, he says, the simple fact that you heard him, Ben, means it was audible. <laughs> you could just say she heard him sigh. How else did he sigh? Inaudibly? <laughs> so fucking stupid. And you oh, can't. God. She heard him sigh inaudibly. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. She couldn't have. That's the <laughs> meaning of the word. Just say the word. It means what it means. <laughs> so funny. Uh, hey, have, have you seen? First of all, Rob, uh, Joe, thank you for the Dune talk. I've, I don't know anything about it other than it was. It's a really weird movie from the eighties with Sting. It is. It is weird. There are also just documentaries about the even weirder version that never was. And there's a really good like six-part sci-fi series that covers like the first two or three i think it's the first three dune books that's really good noted all right i have a feeling i'm gonna watch the movie and be super into it so it's it's really good if you like star wars it's it's star wars i I I hope it's i hope it's good enough to make me read dune messiah I hope so as well. Because that was really hard. I got like Doom six Messiah pages of that is, and just the is definitely the chunkiest of them, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it it gets it's cool because you get to see like the inner workings of like court and politics, and there's like assassinations the, um, and they're like shit. they're like fake history stuff interspersed with the really boring story about the spice walrus man. Yes. Made me not want to read it. <laughs> Makes it real fucking chucky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spice Walrus. Oh, hmm. yes. No, That's no, no. So funny. Spice Walrus Man. Oh, I'm, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. There is a distinction there. There is a difference. Yes. Yeah. Spice Walrus Baron Harkonnen. <laughs> Space Walrus Man, navigator of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Joe, have you seen Jojo Rabbit yet? No, I need to, or, I desperately Rob, need to watch you? it. I, I haven't. It is a... Uh, it's a fucking glory of filmmaking. I mean, it is It is everything that filmmaking just should be. It is so good. That's fantastic. I don't know it why is... that made me think of this, but I read somewhere today that apparently uh, Borat 2 is already in post-production. It's in uh... post-production. All the principal filming is done. <gasps> How incredible. can there be a Borat 2? Okay, well, check this out. The concept is Borat thinks he's too recognizable. <laughs> so he goes in costume undercover Oh my so, like, god! You know the thing he did where he went to that like alt right rally and was singing the song to him. Oh yeah, yeah. throw the Jew in the uh, well. Well, no, not not that one. It's the uh, lock him up like the Saudi. Oh, that one. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Throw the Jew down the well was. Oh, that was a country uh, western bar. Correct. Yeah. Well, supposedly that was part of Borat too. That was Sasha Baron Cohen as Borat as the guy singing at the alt-right rally. Oh, my God. Fantastic. Yes. Yes. Meta. It's, that's powerful. It's like, I don't know why, but the word that comes to mind is Sasha Baron, Sasha Baron Cohen. 
Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why, but that's what comes to my head. He is. Uh, he's an incre- there's a, that's another incredible filmmaker and and just that he's an incredible person. He makes me want to be a clown. He's the Daniel Day Lewis of clowns. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a distinction. <laughs> that is a distinction. Like a real Davis. clown, not like a not, not like, like a an American clown. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, American clown. Fucking amazing. No, Jojo Rabbit dude is great. You you'll both love it. It's cute, it's funny, it's sad, it's hilarious. It's it's emotional. How much do you think that it would cost to get to to hire Sasha Baron Cohen to do like a ten minute movie short where he plays as Vigo Mortensen playing as Daniel Day Lewis the cobbler? And we in my short film The Cobbler. So it's as there you laid out some layers there. It's Sasha Baron Cohen as Vigo Mortensen as Daniel Day Lewis as a cobbler. Yes, because Daniel. Well, I mean, Daniel Day Lewis is just a cobbler. So as, as Daniel Day Lewis, the cobbler, the cobbler, like Daniel Day Lewis, the cobbler, not Daniel Day Lewis, the actor. Cor- correct. Okay. Oh, so he's are just. Not, are they not the same? He's just a cobbler named Daniel Day Lewis. No, no, same, same, same person. Oh, okay. Does he cobble peaches? I mean, he probably on the side, but in the shoes, I could, I could not be more confused. I'm very confused myself. Is it, are we supposed to know this short film? No, no. Daniel Day Lewis, the actor, as in like the last of the Mohicans. Right. As in like, right. Exactly. That guy retired from acting and I believe is a cobbler in Italy now. What? So that's real. So I didn't know that. That's, yes, I'm like I'm. I'm almost positive that I'm not making this up. January 2014. Remember when Daniel? Uh, I'm sorry, 2018. Remember when Daniel Day Lewis was a shoe cobbler? Yeah, he's a legit cobbler. This isn't. This is real life. <laughs> okay, see, not knowing that piece of the puzzle, I could not understand what you were getting at oh. when you said Daniel Day Lewis the cobbler, and I'm like, okay. Unless okay. I'm mistaken, and he has started back up with the cobbling. Oh. And it was in the mid-1990s. He took a five-year break from making movies and returned, uh, traveled to Florence to study under now-deceased Italian shoemaker Stefano Bamer for <laughs> ten months to perfect his craft. That's so awesome. I don't know if it still holds true today then. So, but. But, but the idea of, like, but a biopic... Right. Of Sasha that. Baron Cohen as Viggo Mortensen during that five year shoe cobbling period. Yes. I'm on board now. No, I'm okay, in. now hold on. Hold well, on. As... I'm still not on board. <laughs> the movie's premise is that it takes place during the five years that Daniel Day Lewis learned how to cobble shoes. Right. And was a cobbler. So... And and learned from a now deceased Italian shoemaker. Yes. Uh, Stefano Bamir. Stefano Bamir. Okay. Right. So, so, so does Vigo, Vigo Mort- Mortensen would be playing 
hold on, hold on. <laughs> I because I here's here's how I understand it. <laughs> if he, Vigo Mortensen plays himself, <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen is Daniel Day Lewis the cobbler. So I think you're skipping a step. I'm skipping a step. Okay. Maybe. I think that you're you might be conjoining steps or, or skipping a step. So Vigo Mortensen uh would be who we ideally cast as Daniel Day Lewis in this film, the cop. Vigo Mortensen is playing Daniel Day Lewis. Right, but we don't want to okay. spring for Vigo Mortensen because that's way too expensive. So what we do then is disguise. Right, we hire Sasha Baron Cohen to pretend to he's Vigo Mortensen, <laughs> yes. as Daniel Day Lewis, <laughs> aspiring shoemaker. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad we walked through this. I was so confused at first. I had no idea, and then I, I got thought... even more confused. <laughs> I thought it made perfect sense in my head. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. I was in a Russian doll of confusion, and I did not that know. Was the point. It was Russian doll. That's the only problem. Because yeah. the you know the outside of the Russian doll is Daniel Day Lewis, and then the next one is Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen, and, and then, then the at the core, Sasha, Sasha Baron Cohen. Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting it now, as you like it. <laughs> I don't know why he would make that movie, but I love I love the idea of that. I I really want I I want to strip away all the silliness of what we just said. A movie about the five years that Daniel Day Lewis stopped acting to learn how to cobble shoes, only to become a master of it, and then go back to acting, is a phenomenal movie. Yes, I like agree. I'm not even being. Silly. Mm-mm. No, I really it's, want to see that movie now. Because I think if you were to say that, oh, you know, hey, they're making a Daniel Day Lewis biopic, you'd be like, oh, like about his method acting and everything. It'd be like, no, 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 about the time he stopped acting to make shoes. <laughs> and you'd be like, the fuck you talking about? about? Like, the fuck you talking about? <laughs> but I think that's that's actually the part of the Daniel Day Lewis's life I uh, want to know. I want to know more about that. Yes. Yeah, I Does actually personally find shoes? the method acting kind of boring. I do too. And I also think it's fucking, like, I get it. Some guys need it. But I think yeah. it's a bit fucking much that, like, like Daniel Day-Lewis uh, was playing a guy in the 1800s, so he, like, didn't bathe for 63 days. Like, dude. Right. Not only that, but went out and made his own fucking log cabin. Like, right. made the set, and then... Like, right. I get it. We all read Walden. Right. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Or, like, you know, Vigo, who was, uh, like, he wouldn't answer to Vigo in New Zealand. He was only answering to fucking Aragorn. And you'd be like, oh, okay, sorry, Aragorn. Like, this fucking guy. I get it. It's cool. It's fucking immersive. I fucking get it. I fucking heard yeah. you. Don't fucking don't come at me. I get it. It's just pretentious. Did anybody ever sneak up on him with an Estelle? Did he ever answer to his Elvish name? It's a good question. Probably. I'd say yes. I hope there was someone around back then nerdy enough to do that. 
around uh, back then. Like it was fucking. It was like twenty years ago, wasn't it? It was long enough ago that um, I'm surprised it's not being remade. I'm really glad it's not. Which I is hope a we thing, wait a which little is a longer. Thing, which is a thing I came to. Uh, um, we've now watched all the Harry Potter movies after Macklin finishes a book. Um, so he he finished uh, Deathly Hallows, first of all. Um, really cool. He finished. Uh, he was 11. And on September 1st, uh, he finished on September 1st. So which is the first day of term at Hogwarts. Uh, he got sorted. He is a Ravenclaw. Ooh, congratulations. Yes, thank you. Proud, proud uh, Ravenclaw father. Um, but it is, uh, uh, it can't, it, as I'm watching it, I realize that we're, uh, if J.K. Rowling could step aside because she's just a fucking toxic fucking hag, <laughs> um, it's, it's probably time to remake Harry Potter. Yeah, I would agree. CGI we can do is so much more cool stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. You could make it. I think you could make it better. Or you could just make Castle Dreams, which I hear New Line is looking at. Miramax, maybe. I don't know. Some indie house. Showtime. Showtime. I think it was Betamax. The oh. fucking Showtime. The fucking channel that they like. They don't have streaming, and no one wants to pay for. Yep. <laughs> Showtime. Jesus Christ, boy! They they, were are, they are they already made uh, Outlander, and it's basically the same. Isn't that everywhere else now? Yeah, it's on. Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I guess that is everywhere else these days. Yes, all the all the other streaming sources. <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> I you can find HBO Max on Hulu. That's a fucking weird one. I know. That's so cool. Some of you can. Yeah, I can't. I don't have Hulu though, so so there's that. Actually, I have Hulu. It doesn't work. I don't know why. Anything I watch is kind of like buffers and oh, it's my internet. That's it. Mm, Never mind. How to do it? Never mind. Uh, Joe, what are you geeking on this week? Well, if I had to pick, and I do, because that's what we do every week. It'd probably no. be Good Omens. I, oh, uh, yeah, we uh, Maddie and I decided that this weekend was the weekend we'd watch that show. Really good. It was very good. We enjoyed it a lot. Um, we decided, we both kind of came out with, uh, uh, we, we both read the book. We both loved the book. Um, we kind of watched the show and we were like, huh, the book was a lot better. Um, but it was fine. It was it was really well done. I loved all of the pieces. I just feel like at the end it didn't make as good a soup as it should have. Hmm. You know, but it was fine. I mean, I loved I loved David Tennant as uh, Crawley and and Michael Sh- Michael Sheen is that his name as yes. uh, Aziraphale and John Hamm as Gabriel was very fun. Um, John Hamm plays that role well, not yes. just archangels, but like. Just that type of middle management, like upper middle management type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does that yeah. really well. Maddie, we done. we got done with I think the the first few episodes, and Maddie said, "Who is that guy?" And I said, "Oh, John Hamm." And she said, "I've never said this before about anyone. He has an extremely punchable face." <laughs> <laughs> I've never said this before about anyone, but he has a huge penis. <laughs> 
Charisma. Charisma. Ah, regular human bartender. <laughs> I've been working on my Matthew Berry. Oh, it's very good. It's a little bit Zap Brannigan. It was very <sighs> Zap He was reminded of Valentine's Day 1562 when he put his toothbrush in the toothbrush holder. His was a royal blue. Hers a shocking pink. It reminded <laughs> him of the sex they had in the shed where they kept the bows and arrows for the archery tournament. <laughs> the best fucking thing ever said on that show. So good. <laughs> yeah, good omen. I recommend Good Omens. If you have Amazon Prime, watch it. It's worth it. Go Rizma. Uh well, just read the book. It's it it'll take about the same amount of time and is better. Have read book, like book. Yeah. Like book. He's good. He's good. He's good. Uh Rob. What are you geeking on this week? Uh, so I recently downloaded a game called Pillars of Eternity on my, uh, my Xbox. It's on the, the Game Pass currently, which is like their, like, as long as you're subscribing to the, like, Xbox services, you get to download any of these games onto your Xbox for free. Nice. Um, so it was a uh, a game that was kickstarted uh, back in 2012. And, what happened back in 2012? Uh, I don't know kick- if you cut out for Rye, but you cut out for me. Oh, it, it was uh, kickstarted back in 2012. Oh, nice. Uh, and it's um, it's one of those isometric RPGs, kind of like the old Baldur's Gate games or Planescape games. I don't know if you've played many of those or like the original Fallout. No, maybe. I never played yes. the original Fallout, but I've played, I've played Baldur's uh, Gate and yeah, RuneScape. Yes. Yeah, so sort of like that. Uh, uh, isometric, um, like top-down role-playing game. It's turn-based. Uh, and or, so it's, it's sort of turn-based. It's, uh, it's pretty hectic in combat, truth be told, but... It's a it's a very solid game. It's got a lot of uh, great dialogue, great world building. Um, it's it's like um, it's like if Baldur's Gate was made by Blizzard and they were just trying to do like a Diablo story, but right. playing Baldur's Gate. Uh, so it's dark. It's it's kind of otherworldly. It's a very very like grim world you're walking past all sorts of hanging trees and there are um there are lots of different ways to go about uh solving different puzzles your decisions seemingly have like a good amount of weight and impact on the game itself and one of the pretty cool features that i haven't gotten to yet that i'm really looking forward to is the ability to um, own your own stronghold and start utilizing like followers uh, and and people that operate out of your stronghold. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's. That, uh, do you mind if I ask? Is that was that native to the original game, or is that like DLC? Uh, so far as I know, it was native to the original game. Um, oh. I think that there. Are, yeah, the, the game was definitely ahead of its time. Um, 
uh, I think that there were a couple of uh, expansions or DLCs that had come out for it. Uh, it's currently on, it looks like, every major console and even on Mac, uh, Mac and Linux uh, operating systems. That's wild. And, Nobody uh, makes games for Mac. Right? And uh, <laughs> this was just the, the, the first one. There was a sequel that was released. Um, Dead Fire. Dead Fire, which I believe is the, named after the Dead Fire Archipelago in the series. And I think it's like like ship or pirate-based or something like that. It seems fucking dope. Anyway, uh, that's also on like every major console at this point in time. Um, runs, I believe, the same engine as the other one, um, but uh, got an overall graphics overhaul. Um, they kickstarted again and were much like received much much more money um, and poured it into the game and it definitely from everything that I've seen for the sequel it looks like it definitely um, it, it was well loved uh, in the in the making of the game uh, I gotta say so, I've never been I haven't been this horny for a game I know very little about since <laughs> Cuphead really fucking dope and like I'm probably probably like 10 hours into the first one and like only like three or four levels in and have like explored like a good portion of what I feel like is the map, but I can only like, I feel like this is only the first of several maps that I'll be exploring. Um, and I'm really excited. It's been a very, very solid game so far. I'm looking forward to just hammering through this and then, playing the second one and then I'll probably uh oh one of the other things that I remember one of my friends telling me um decisions that you make in the first game and uh the characters you play things that you do in the first game if you buy the second game and play it on the same console all of the decisions and information and character uh data from your first game will get ported over to the second one and will have impacts on the second game I'm, at that, did. I'm now at the point in the gif where uh Vince McMahon falls over. Yeah, no, it's it's fucking it's fantastic. It's it's everything that I've wanted in an RP, RPG for a while. I've had it like I've had it on my radar for some time, but I never pulled the trigger in getting it. Since it was free on Game Pass, I decided to pull the trigger. I'll definitely end up buying this and buying the sequel. Awesome. Yeah. The very, way you said the way you said that earlier, Joe. I've never been so horny for a game I so know so little about. Have you seen the Tumblr post or maybe it was Twitter or somebody said like, I don't know what the word is, but I'm like horny for water. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy says like, thirsty. bitch, you're bitch, you're thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Not horny for water. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the word you're looking for is thirsty <laughs> i love that horny one. for water that one and the one where it says like uh um like hey i found a bird leaf <laughs> but he's like <laughs> she's trying to say feather <laughs> i love i, I love this I can't tell you how many of those I've inevitably come up with. I love the one that's like, uh, 
uh, the guy doesn't speak English very well, so he says he doesn't like the cobra chicken. The cobra chicken, <laughs> it's a right? Swan it's a... <laughs> or a goose. I can't remember which. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, human beings. Uh, yeah. We're great. Maybe we're worth saving after all. I don't know. Only Some sometimes. Sometimes I'm on the fence, and then I hear things like this. I'm like, yeah. <sighs> Brian, what are you geeking on? Um. Okay, a couple things. Uh, one, we've already talked about a little bit, Raised by Wolves. I'm in love with it. I think it's great. Um, and uh, Boys Season 2 so far has been on par. It's really good, just like Season 1 was. Really good. Um, there's a show called Chef's Table. Mm. And the first couple seasons are really cool. It basically, each episode highlights a chef. And the first couple seasons, I mean, it's... They travel around the world. It's all sorts of different chefs. But this one is specifically about barbecue, like pit bosses. Um, don't watch Hungry. <laughs> but definitely watch. Because it is... Um, I don't know if I've got like low testosterone if, or if some night um, someone stole my prostate. Or uh if i'm just a dad so i cry at everything or if i just cry at everything anyway and i'm just trying to attribute it to something mm-hmm. oh, almost every things. almost every episode has made me cry and it's a show about fucking barbecue um it's beautiful dude it's phenomenal guys it's phenomenal um there's one barbecue place uh it's open like saturday well at 6:30 in the morning people are standing in line and by eight o'clock Damn. when they open there's like 300 people there and it's this little fuck it'd be like uh, just a small town in texas looks like a like a backwater texas town but this barbecue place is there and it's the number one barbecue place in texas and the place where you go get your food could only fit like eight people and so you eat outside under like covered pavilions on picnic tables and it over like the smoking area is like a big open air smoking area and the pit boss is Tootsie, and she's like an 85-year-old Texas woman who lost her husband and lost her son, and she just she she's a janitor at the local high school. And then Fridays, on Fridays, she uh, drives an hour to the uh, restaurant, and at one o'clock in the morning, she starts smoking food. It's through that pain that you get the best barbecue. When you go to this place, the guy who owns it just stands up front and says, like, hey, thanks for coming. Uh, come buy a raffle ticket. If I pull your number, you can come up and either get uh, 10% off uh, a, a hat, uh, a bottle of our sauce, or a fast pass to the front of the line. But uh, enjoy yourself. There's ice cold beer in the coolers. And so it's 6 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, and you're in line with 300 other people drinking beer. Just fucking hanging out, waiting for some good barbecue. By the time you get your barbecue at nine o'clock, you're eating like bar- you're eating like brisket, pickles, uh, potato salad, and uh, pulled pork at eight o'clock in the morning, and you've had like eight beers. Nice. Fucking so soul. were it not COVID times, I would absolutely be about We'd that. We just we would go. Yeah, it's, that sounds like like a morning at a festival for me to begin with, anyway. Right. Because all of the food trucks are still open by that fucking point in time. So I'm normally still awake. So fucking cool. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'll uh, have to then, check that out. 
And then the last thing, uh, unmatched. I uh, this is the board game that to me is rivaling Eschaton. Oh, strong for, words for my favorite game. Um, we played Bruce Lee against three Velociraptors today, and I think we all know that if we don't suspend our disbelief, three Velociraptors would fucking destroy Bruce Lee, right? Right. But yeah, in this in this world. I not only killed two Velociraptors with Bruce Lee, but almost defeated the third one. He had two health left, and if I could have survived the final attack, I had a card in my hand called One Inch Punch, and you can't defend against it. You do two damage. Um, uh, and if, it, if that uh, kills the character... You get to put the card back in your hand, and Macklin's last Velociraptor had two health. So I would have, I, I almost, it was a fight. That Velociraptor was not feeling well after his bout with Bruce Lee. It was so fucking cool. Um, and it's just so neat that you're able to mix and match these different sets. We've had King Arthur against Sinbad, we've had Alice in Wonderland against Sherlock Holmes, Bigfoot versus Robin Hood. Bigfoot is a bitch. Bigfoot <laughs> is I. Uh, I've always kicked, said that though. He kicked Robin Hood's ass. Oh yeah. Um, I have yet to win a game against my 11 year old son. Get good. Um, nice. He's beat. I mean, he just he fucking beat me. But Bruce Lee's a bitch. I was wondering how they were gonna make a character like that to where how they would keep the balance. His deck is fucking insane. His he's got a really cool deck of cards that helps him along the way. Um, Velociraptors. Velociraptors. Uh, there's three of them. Uh, it's just the game is unbelievably, unbelievably balanced and so fun. I think we played the, we played our game in maybe half an hour. Damn. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and it would be. Uh, they have special rules for team play. Um, it would be really cool to get four of us together and do like, because then it gets crazy. Because then it's Bruce Lee and the Velociraptors against the Invisible Man and Bigfoot. I can That's only get so erect. <laughs> yeah, I'm with <laughs> you. And the cool thing, too, is that now, I know I've explained to Macklin the concept of, like, uh, they're using, uh, like, characters that are in the public domain. So there's, there's really no licensing fees that they have to pay. So for their big packs, they're going to come out with, they're going to come out with, um, it'll all be characters that are just readily available. Awesome. And so now he's like, Dad, 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 like, do you think, like, like, the Wizard of Oz would be a cool character to play in the game? I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, it's just, it's cool. It's a cool thing that we're talking about. So I think a good pack that's like Bruce Lee, which is one character, I think Ash from Evil Dead would be perfect for the game. Yes. Also, oh my also, God. Yes. I also think Bruce Campbell would sign off on it. I yeah. think he'd be like, yeah, put me in this game. I want to be able to fight Bruce Lee. Um, and because he'd be a, a melee and ranged, which could help him with his balance, because he's got his he's got his Shotgun boomstick and he's is. got his chainsaw hand. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's a great character for the game. So if you guys are listening, put that in the game. But uh, no, so that's what I'm geeking on. We've been playing a lot of Unmatched because it's a half hour game and it's super easy setup and super easy tear down and zero learning curve. Nice. So it's very dope. Yeah. Uh, if you liked what you listened to tonight. This morning, we recorded it at night. Whenever you, like you, what listen. you listen to, whenever it is that you're listening, 
look outside, gauge the, the time. Um, head on over to uh, iTunes or wherever you're listening and give us a review. And, let us know uh, what time and, you were listening. And let <laughs> us know what time you were listening mm-hmm. because uh, that'll help us uh, yep. drive up the charts, which will give us more monies, which will give us more uh, opportunities to do things. Yada. Yep. Doesn't Yada. matter what you say in the review as long as it's got five stars. And if you want to say hello, all you have to do is go over to Facebook or the Twitter machine. 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 The Twitter And all you have to do is look up GeekCast Live. From there, you can drop us a line, say hello and stuff. Or if you want to go check out our website, you can go to violentpress.com. I made that place. You did make that website. You did make that. It's very nice. It's very nice. It's cozy. If you want to support us uh, monetarily, you can do so over at patreon.com slash geekcastlive. Uh, you probably won't get anything for that. If you want to get something <laughs> other than our thanks, uh, head over to gcl.threadless.com and uh, pick yourself up a chain wallet with Rob's face on it. Ooh, we have chain wallets now, which is cool. And you can get that at gcl.threadless.com. GCL.threadless.com. Call your grandparents, everybody. Trump lied about COVID. Hey there, everybody. Nico here from the GeekCast Live podcast. We, as always, want to take a minute to give a tremendous thanks, a sincere thanks, and shout out to all of our patrons, uh, sponsors, and supporters. Without you guys, this train wreck couldn't happen. So uh, thank you. Especially the one and only Mama Bear, the one and only Poly Nerds, Brandon Rust, old Pistol Pete DeCilio, Stewie from Queens, Jesse G. Letourneau, Lada Bartova, Danger Johnson, Darnell Savage, Dave the Fish, Christian Ramos, Davos Seaworth, Big Time Timmy Jim, Rob from Boston, uh, Alicia McGuire, the old K-Man. And uh, Six Finger Emily. You guys absolutely rock.
Fucker.